Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am delighted to be joined today by Maggie Palmer. Hello, Maggie. Hello, Sarah. So you and I are both feeling D-U-L-L dull. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) We were just saying, uh, what have you been up to? And aside from what, baking bread, um, (laughs) which I have not because my daughter can't have gluten. Right. Right. And I've made gluten-free bread and I'm sorry. It's, it's like cauliflower rice. It just, <laughs> it ain't the same. <laughs> Although I do like mashed cauliflower. That's a new thing that I've discovered that I like. That's so. pretty good. If you put a lot of salt and butter. Oh, butter. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I've given up on, I used to do a lot of gluten-free baking. Um, I had Kira Busanich's uh, book. She's, uh-huh. She's in Portland. Oh, Love okay. Kira. Um, okay. She she won Cupcake Wars like five times. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, and and she was up against like gluten bakers, and she was doing gluten free. Um, Look at you that. Should, you should go to her bakery or order online or whatever curb pickup, whatever she's doing right now. Nice. It is nice. very good. Wow. I miss her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the cu- what do you miss most about Portland? The cupcakes. <laughs> the gluten-free cupcakes. Yeah, the um, vegan restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this morning at breakfast, Jack was like, you know what I really do miss? And I'm like, what? And he's like, sushi. Oh, and uh, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's a good call. I miss that too. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, I know that market, there's, I guess, a um, really high-end Japanese fish market over in Beaverton, which is west of here, as you know. And um, he's like, oh, you know, we could make our own. And I was like, oh, that's a really big undertaking. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. (laughs) My mother-in-law, she lives in San Francisco and she, you know, grew up there. Um, So when she comes here and we used to go to that, that store in Beaverton, it's like Otami or something, but, um, and she would make sushi, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, we love. we knew a couple who lived here. They no longer they're no longer married, and they neither one of them lives here anymore. But they um, a million years ago had us over, to, and they you know made hand rolls for us and rolls and all this stuff. And it was and he's he's like, well, Aaron and Julia did it. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, Julia <laughs> grew up doing that. <laughs> yeah, you have to. I mean, you could have all the tools, but like Nana knew all the little yeah. Little ins and outs of it. Yeah. So, um, but it sounds like maybe there in Ohio, maybe you could actually go get sushi. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the state is opening, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything is, you know, wonky. I just feel like you don't know. And it's all, hey, make your best decision for yourself. Um, (laughs) Okay. Um, I I went, the boys got haircuts um, because I had to fix the mom cut. And, you know, they wore their little mask and we were all six feet apart. But then one of the ladies cutting hair didn't have a mask. The other one, it was like kind of strapped around her uh, neck, a very fashionable scarf, if you will. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't have any breathing orifices, you know? (laughs) No. So I'm just, it's all this, you know, I'm sure other people are experiencing the same thing. Like we're all trying to be responsible, but there's all kinds of different messaging. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, I guess, up to the individual what they want to do because 
Yeah, we are. <laughs> you know, Multnomah County, Oregon, where Portland is, I guess maybe is, are there any other towns in Multnomah County? I'm not sure. Um, and uh, I mean, we still aren't even on phase one, but um, but still some things have opened. I um, wanted to support my local running store, much like you did earlier in the pandemic. And so I wanted to try a new pair of Topos, a, a new model called Phantom. And so I was like, well, I could get them for 130 on the Topo website, or I could ask the guys at Foot Traffic to order them for me and also pay 130. I'm like, I'm going with the latter option. Yeah. So then, uh, so they called me and said they were in. I'm like, okay, well, you know, how do I orchestrate this? And they're like, you come in. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean I come? in. Right. Can I call you from the car? Well, that's what I did. I said, should I make an appointment? And they're like, uh, no. Uh, so I ran in them this morning for the first time and I am in love with them. Oh my goodness. They just, uh, I just felt like I was, you know, landing on my midfoot instead of heel striking. And I just felt they gave, gave a really lively ride and oh goodness, it was fun to run in those shoes. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something we've always, as runners, been excited about, new shoes. But I feel like mm-hmm. even more so right now, like, I bought three pairs. I I went on a bit of a shoe binge. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the world is ending. I'm waiting for the murder hornets to arrive. I'm going to get some shoes. And then I was like, more. Sh- I need more shoes. <laughs> it's the only thing, like, giving me life. <laughs> so you got three pairs of running shoes? I did because I thought I did the, um, you know, where you can test them out, test drive yes, them. Yes. And they know what they're doing, the local <laughs> shop, because they're like, well, what do you think? You know, and I'm like, you know that I liked all three. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept, well, I kept all three. I did. <laughs> well, I actually, this morning I thought, well, maybe I'll get another pair. Like, I mean, I really like these phantoms. So, See? and typically like tattoos. I do. Yeah, but typically I do have. Them. Oh my gosh, I haven't gone there yet. Um, <laughs> Molly tried to strong arm me after she got her tattoo, and I'm just like, no, I've gone this long without one. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep going to the finish line without any tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, living here in Portland, I admire the heck out of so many people's body art, but it's just, you know, you can, I don't know, it's just, it's not my brand. It would be you very off-brand. You don't want to be very for me. <laughs> little tramp stamp on the back. <laughs> little peekaboo in the running shorts. <laughs> like, oh, Sarah, I had no idea. <laughs> did not expect that. After my father died, I did contemplate getting a tattoo. His, um, my kids called him Poppy, and and I love California poppies. And although my dad was not from California, but I love the flower of California poppies. So combined, and I thought about getting one on the outside of my right um, near my ankle, kind of from my ankle going up a bit, um, to cover one of my scars from my surgery for my ankle, um, fractures. And so I thought about that, I don't know, for a couple of weeks. And then I'm like, oh, that would hurt like a son of a gun. Um, because it would be like right on that little bone that runs up from your ankle. I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it, it definitely is very off brand for me. So yeah off-brand. Yeah. <laughs> Your body is a brand. <laughs> well, Phoebe, my older daughter, she's always like, when I wear something, she's like, oh, that's really, that's really on brand for you, mom. That's good. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what the kids are saying now. Good. Got it. Sticking that in the well, back of my head. Well, my, like my best friend who lives in Brooklyn, she definitely has a very um, distinct to her 
style of dress that I adore, admire. It just fits so well. She has this beautiful kind of um, pre-Raphaelite wavy red hair and she's quite tall and just really striking looking. And she just, I don't know, she almost looks like she walked out of some like, it's like a period piece, but with funk and it's just awesome. And I just, uh, gosh, and she and I have sometimes been like walking down the street and there I am in like my little like old Navy shorts and an AMR you know, lifestyle tee and, you know, UFOs <laughs> flip-flops. And she's got like this beautiful anthropology bl sleeveless blouse and these really wonderful kind of palazzo pants and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I look like just your <laughs> schleppy sister over here. <laughs> but you are on brand for Sarah Bonchet. I am. Schleppy on That's brand. That's all that matters. Yes. <laughs> What's my brand? Oh, look, a schleppy, preppy. Yes, my schleppy, preppy. That's perfect. Oh, my gosh. Comfortable, functional. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh. All right. Well, let's introduce our topic. Today, we're talking to two mother runners who went through major weight loss transformations. Um, they each lost uh, kind of in the range of 80 to 100 pounds. We'll be talking to the first woman after this brief break. Our first guest is Tammy Briggle, a longtime quote unquote member of the AMR community. Tammy lives in rural Northwest Ohio. She's the mom of two and she works in marketing communications for health system. Tammy's weight loss journey spans about a decade. We're delighted to have you on the show, Tammy. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Good, good. Yeah, so I just have to start by saying that you've been so loyal to AMR for so long that to me, yours is like one of the most recognizable names that pops up on our Facebook and our store orders, you name it. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, there's Tammy, there's Tammy. <laughs> so yet, yet, correct me if I'm wrong, have we ever met in person? Because I know I missed the opportunity at our 2015 Indianapolis party due to my broken ankle. Yes, that would be right. I got to meet Dimity in Indianapolis with my mm -hmm. BRF at the time, but nice. I have not had the chance to meet you otherwise. Yeah, we're going to need to rectify that when normal life returns, I think. Definitely. Yes. So Tammy, we know you have two kiddos. Um, how old are they? My daughter is nine and my son is three. Oh, Nice. Very cute. So, so tell us about your running background. Um, I know right now that you're on the injured reserve list uh, because of the dreaded plantar fasciitis, which I literally have felt your pain. So I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So my running journey corresponds with my weight loss journey. I, I grew up as always the big girl and I played what I say called ball sports so mm -hmm. volleyball, basketball, softball, and running was punishment, and mm -hmm. runners were insane. And <laughs> as I got, I graduated high school, I was very inactive in college and got married, gained a lot more weight. And after the birth of my daughter, I really decided to buckle down, like, okay, this time I'm serious. And I, I vaguely remember, I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, you're starting to feed your toddler you know, real food from your plate. And mm -hmm. I think the doctor even said like, well, now she can eat everything you guys eat. And I'm like, I don't know if I want her eating the stuff we're eating. Ooh. So yeah. And I think my husband and I um, joined Weight Watchers again, because multiple times over in my life, I have tried to lose weight before. But I think 
us doing something together really made a difference. And we went on a journey, lost a lot of weight together. I think I was around the 80 pound mark when I started running and I had been walking or doing exercise classes and yeah. So you're saying you had lost 80 pounds when you started running or? Yeah, I would say depends on your math. So my highest, (laughs) my highest recorded weight was 284 pounds. Mm -hmm. I lost some just eating better and, and changing some of my lifestyle and then I really started making an active effort about 250 pounds. And so, you know, got down to somewhere in the 200 range. It's hard to remember the details now. And I had always tried to start running before. I tried couch to five several times and failed. <laughs> Again, I just keep going back and nothing ever stuck the first time. But for some reason, couch to 5K really stuck with me. And I made it through that first program, saw someone online who had gone straight from a 5K to deciding to run their first half marathon. And around that time, I also found another mother runner. And that's when I really got hit by the running bug and things just took off from there. Mm. Nice, nice. So, and then when you say took off from there, like uh, give us a couple of the highlights. Yeah, so I think, I think I've logged nine half marathons. I feel a little cheated that I was trying to hit number 10 and it just hasn't happened right now with Mm -hmm. injury. Um, I I lost, continued to lose weight. So I think around my second half marathon, I hit my goal weight, which was around 164 pounds. And that seems weird to say 164, but I say that because that is the BMI where I was no longer considered overweight. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was a big goal to have my health my chart at the doctor's office, not put me in an at-risk BMI. That was something I really strove for. So Mm. um, from 284 to 164, around 120 pounds. Wow. And I stayed um, at that weight for several years, about three years, and ran several half marathons, did a full marathon, which was the Akron Marathon in Mm -hmm. Maggie's Neck of the Woods. So, and after that, I gave birth to my son, decided, okay, we're going to have baby number two, gained weight with the pregnancy, which is to be expected, but also had my first knee injury in the middle of my pregnancy. Mm. So I came out of pregnancy and had to have a knee surgery on my maternity leave, which was real fun, highly recommend. (laughs) (laughs) And came back from that, felt like I was determined to get back to running and I did. And I got up to about the 10K level. And then my other knee decided to give me issues. Oh, boy. So I went back in for another surgery on the other knee and came back from that. I joined, I think the most recent program I did was the Walk Run Half Marathon with um, another mother runner. Mm -hmm. And I was super proud of myself coming back from that. It was the slowest half marathon I'd ever done. I was still carrying a lot of weight from my pregnancy, but dang it, I finished. So that was a big moment for me. And when I was finally feeling like I was getting back in the groove, so to speak, that's when plantar fasciitis hit. Mm. (laughs) So the last 18 months or so, I've just been kind of in limbo, trying literally everything I can to 
that injury, but nothing seems to be sticking. So I've, I've sort of moved on. I still have running goals. I want to get back to running, but I've kind of mentally had to let it go. And I focus a lot on the things I should have been doing all along, cross training, weightlifting, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, things that don't irritate my foot so much. Nice. And Timmy, you know, you talked about um, something I think we can all relate to, which is kind of the ups and downs of weight loss, especially having kids. Like I've had three kids and it was always like creeping up just a bit, then I'd get to where I want to be and then not quite as far down, then creep up a bit with the next kid. I'm just blaming, I'm going to blame my kids. Um, (laughs) But so, I mean, so weight is a number, but it's also an attitude and I feel like a self-perception. Like um, for me, I- I kind of started eating cleaner because I got the dreaded like tag on Facebook where someone took a terrible picture of me where everyone's hiding behind me. I'm in the front. I was sitting. It was from a side angle and I got tagged before I even knew it was live. Um, so <laughs> I know it's like untag. Um, <laughs> and, and then I was like, I, I need to do something about this, you know? Um, so can you share a bit about how your thoughts on health and weight have perhaps morphed over the years, especially, you know, with each child and, and the ups and downs of weight loss? Yeah. So if weight's, weight is a number and I give that number to give perspective on, you know, how far I've come. And like I said, it is tied to your health. And so a lot of times when I look at weight, I do think of it in terms of health, but just because I'm a low number on the scale doesn't mean I'm absolutely healthy either. So there's other numbers you have to look at, like cholesterol and blood pressure and and all those sorts of things. But something I kind of learned in the Weight Watcher community, especially we have some, we always refer to non-scale victories. Mm. And I have had to really turn to those things in throughout the years to just focus on, okay, so for instance, my goal was to get through that run, walk, half marathon. It wasn't about losing weight. It was just about getting back out there and feeling like myself again, feeling like a runner again. And I said it was miserable. I had a horrible time in my, like not horrible time, but the longest time it had ever taken me to finish a half marathon, but I finished it. And so that was a non-scale victory for me. Mm. And today it looks, non-scale victories look like, you know, I can do push-ups on my toes, which I didn't mm. think I would ever be able to do. Even when yeah. I was at my lightest weight, I couldn't do push-ups on my toes. So yeah, that, finding that's, those that's other yeah. things to show progress in your in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, so you mentioned that when you were uh, when you did the Akron Marathon in 2015, that it coincided with your lowest weight which is intriguing to me because we hear so many you know, women in our community, I'm sure you've seen in our Facebook pages of some of the Train Like a Mother Club programs, that they actually gain weight or at least don't lose weight while marathon training. So what was your experience while training for that race? Like, was it just a coincidence that that was your lowest weight or do you attribute it to the miles or, you know? Yeah, I, it's not really attributable for me. Um, I was already at that weight probably for a year before I started marathon training. So I was in maintenance mode, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I know I had to be very careful at the time about, you know, go on a 16 mile run and now I can eat all the things, right? So in a sense, mm-hmm. yeah, I could, but I also had to kind of pay attention and be accountable to myself and be like, well, what are, what are the extra calories coming from? Is it, I'm having a, you know, a really healthy snack or am I loading up on fast food or 
it's that's how it was for me everyone's situation is different but yeah i was already in maintenance at that point which made it a little um easier to feel solid about my weight before heading into training mm -hmm. so um how how are you feeling about the the number on the scale being higher now than it was maybe a few years ago because you wrote to me um since i can't run i do a lot of weight training now my weight hovers around 190 but i feel stronger literally than ever before so because i think so many of us when we get injured myself included one of my first thoughts is but no i need to run otherwise i'm going to gain a bunch of weight so yeah know, how have and you kind of wrestled with all that that mindset is where I, I sat a lot for the last, you know, since my son was born. And mm. I just felt like if I can't run, you know, because of my knees, I need to get back out running because that's how I've maintained weight before. I just, mm. I've got to do it because that's how I did it before. And, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. <laughs> and I kind of realized I'd I was in an injury corner and I, you know, had to accept that I had to move on to something else to be able to, to feel good, not just for my weight, but for my mental health. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the num I'd be lying if I'd say, if I said I didn't care about the number right now, I would love to fit back into some of those clothes that I still have from before my son was born, but I'm focusing more on, you know, the physical capability of, you know, I bumped up weights on something or I went on a really long bike ride with my husband that I never thought I'd be able to do before. Things like that, aside from the scale, I've been juggling with the same five pounds since the beginning of the year. And I don't see that as a reason to stop what I'm doing. I just see it, you know, as this season in life, I feel like a lot of people are struggling to make good choices and um, they're seeing things change in their life and their routines that you just, you can't always, you know, do anything about. So it's, it's a struggle. You want to see a, a lower number, but at the same time, you want to accept where your body and your life are right now. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and how did you kind of get to that place? Because that's a very, to me, a very evolved way of thinking and, and sit, you know, sitting with that and being okay with that. I mean, how did you get to that place that you are in your mind right now? Um, I kept getting hurt. That's how I got there. <laughs> it was a, it's a, it was a hard lesson to learn. And mm -hmm. I had several people look at me and say, are you, you sure you should be running again? Are you sure you should be doing that? You know? And I didn't want to hear it. And so mm -hmm. <laughs> it took a long time to get to that point of, you know, where I am right now. And I still want to get back to running. It's still there inside of me, but um, I, I'm a little more patient now, I think, and accepting mm -hmm. and found a new outlet for myself, which helps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But is it also, I would think it'd be helpful if your husband, you mentioned that um, he's kind of on the weight loss journey with you because my husband is a beanpole <laughs> and we will sit down, you know, after dinner. Um, last night, for example, he's like, let's take the kids to get ice cream. And I'm just looking at him with like, you know, the look. And he's just like, what? And uh, I'm like, oh, you know, I can't have any, but you don't want to say that in front of the kids, but I'm trying to cut out sugar and watch when I'm eating. Um, so is it helpful to have someone who's on the journey with you? A thousand percent. Mm. And he knows... I knew it. <laughs> his, his weight has fluctuated along with mine. He was at his lowest weight right before our son was born. 
Mm -hmm. And when I wasn't running anymore, he kind of quit running. He kind of slid on some of the habits that we had formed together. It, it was the same thing. And so we've struggled together. Uh, we've always both been bigger people. So it's, it's always better when we're both working together and making decisions on what we're going to eat, who's cooking tonight. Um, you know, maybe there's always, there's always re-enable each other and look at each other and say, is tonight an ice cream night? You know, <laughs> we can, we can be our, each other's biggest support, but we can also be each other's biggest enablers too. Right. <laughs> so I also, you shared a picture with us of how, what you've done in your, I assume it was your garage, like set up this really pretty, to me, sweet weight training area. Like, yeah. do, I would think that that really helps, like ha having the equipment, having a very clean, orderly space. Talk to us about that. Yes. So I set that up last fall sometime and I only had a few weights at the time. I've added more to my stack. I have a mat on the floor and I have a nice little uh, setup where I can stick the iPad on the wall so I can mm. see what I'm doing, um, see the video as it's going. So it's a great setup. And I've gotten, as my husband and kids have gone out in the garage more of late to like play and get outside or work on things, I've gotten very territorial. I've been like, clean up your toys because this is my workout space. When I come back in the morning, it better be clear and ready for me to go. <laughs> and it's great. And I really, when the pandemic started and I started seeing that people no longer have their gyms, um, you know, no longer have the equipment they were used to, I felt really lucky and, you know, very um, appreciative that I had already set up something I could do at home myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you sort of even have a couple signs there, like you, you gave the place some character, it looks like. Yeah, some of that's my husband's. He's a paramedic. So there's some old uh, ambulance signs and helmets from uh, vintage times of his, his department. But yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> I just thought it was like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's just like, you know, funky, cool. Kind of. <laughs> no, that, that was I was thinking before. like. Is that like a motivation to keep going? <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to call the paramedics. I was reading too much into it. No, but it is nice that I do have a medic at home with me in case I ever feel like I'm going to pass out. Yes. Yeah, yes. That is helpful. Oh, my We should goodness. just switch husbands for a little bit, see how it goes. <laughs> Husband swap. And isn't there a show called Wife? There's a reality show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends. Yeah, well, does he You're pick up the garage when he's done? That's, you know, that's key. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I, I have trained him in my ways. It took a while. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, any final suggestions or advice to people, Tammy? I just say, you know, I don't, I don't know where it originated, but somewhere along the way, I heard the, the saying, fall down seven times, stand up eight. Mm -hmm. And that's just how I feel this entire, you know, running and weight loss and everything has been for me. It's like, you're going to have bad days. It's, it's not about it, perfection, you know, AMR, progress, not perfection, things that you guys already talk about that also apply to if when you're trying to lose weight or change your lifestyle. And so you just have to accept that there's going to be good days and bad days or good years and bad years. That's where I've been. So it's what matters is that you just get back up and keep going. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tammy, for, for sharing that insight in your story with us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
Our next guest is Samantha Nielsen, a mom of three who lives near Phoenix, a fan of half marathons. Samantha launched herself into a new career, weight loss and life coaching, thanks to her weight loss transformation. Thanks so much for joining us, Samantha. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hey, Samantha. How old are your kids? Such a great question. I have a 20-year-old daughter in school, in college, a 17-year-old daughter, and a 13-year-old son. Wow. College. (laughs) (laughs) The new frontier. (laughs) Yes, it's an exciting time. So we hear that you run a race every quarter, um, a very methodical approach. Can you tell us more about your running background? You bet. Um, I recommitted to my running activity in January of 2018, and it really was uh, with the purpose of reconnecting with myself, not only physically in wanting to lose some weight, but also to reconnect with uh, how I was feeling about my life and what I wanted to achieve. In doing this, a good friend of mine, Krista, suggested that we do an activity every quarter. And so it always gives us something to look forward to. It always sets a goal or a mile marker that we're working toward. And I found that really encouraging and it helped me to um, maintain the consistency Mm -hmm. that I needed to do in order to increase my distance increase my endurance and start feeling a sense of achievement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and how has the uh, pandemic, um, have you dealt with the curveball that it's thrown at you? You know what? It really has been a fantastic challenge. It's really invited me to show up as my very best self, to ask more of myself and be committed on those days when discouragement or, you know, making excuses felt really easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, And as I mentioned, having a running friend, Mm -hmm. um, an accountability partner, it just makes, it makes the running so much more worth it and so much more enjoyable. Nice, nice. So, and are you both following the Love the Run You're With program or just you are? We are. Yeah, we absolutely love it. And it's so encouraging. And the community that surrounds this virtual online, you know, racing program is so supportive. It's been such a good experience. Oh, good. Yeah. And I know you're in it because that's where we saw your your before and after weight loss photos. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. So um, yeah. So talk us through your weight loss transformation, including telling us what prompted you to lose the weight. You bet. Um, At the end of 2017, I just found myself in a really uh, kind of a a dark place where I had put on a lot of weight. I had been using food as a way to compensate for um, feelings of sadness, feelings of insecurity and loneliness. And at the end of 17, I was like, no more. I am done with this. I deserve better than this. And I want to feel better than this. Running had been a big part of my life in my earlier years, and I knew that it was just such a great way to um, find peace, a great way to find healing and to find, to experience some progress. And so I decided I needed to bring it back into my life. Mm. Now, at that point, I was like over 200 pounds. And so running was a real challenge. In fact, I started out doing less than a mile, but I decided that every step forward was a a step closer towards success. And I just really buckled down. I really got highly committed to supporting myself and, and doing what I needed to do to make progress. Mm, Nice. Nice. And now did you have, aside from the, you know, just kind of one foot in front of the other to start moving, um, do something every day. 
Did you have a weight loss approach that also included diet or um, kind of like restrictions or, or avoiding certain things? I did. In addition to bringing running back into my life, I also made some really sig significant changes with my eating habits. And I knew that I needed to partner both of them in order to experience success. Um, I eliminated sugar and flour. And that took some time. It wasn't easy at first. I really had to ease into that. But I eliminated sugar and flour. And I increased my water. And then I just started making those better choices that we all know we need to be making. Increasing the fruits and vegetables. Um, decreasing the eating out with friends and family. And decreasing the soda and the sugary drinks. So partnering that with the running and then also doing a lot of reflective thinking about what I wanted for myself, those three things really worked together to create a successful experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I worked with a personal trainer for a while and his motto was always that abs are made in the kitchen. And so <laughs> to me, that always made sense because I work out, I run, I do everything. And then, you know, you go to the doctor and your BMI puts you in overweight or even obese because I'm short. Um, it kind of, you know, deflates your little balloon. You're like, ah, oh, great. I just ran a half marathon, but you're telling me I'm overweight or obese. Um, so right. what role does exercise, especially running, does it play into your weight management strategy or for you, is that more a mental strategy because you talked about dealing with depression and anxiety a bit? Right. For sure. I think that anytime we bring exercise on board, it's going to help with our weight loss. Um, but the greater benefit that I've gained from running is really um, that sense of connecting with myself and being able to work out my emotions and work through, you know, any thoughts that I've been struggling with by just being out in the fresh air, seeing the beautiful environment feeling my blood pumping through my system and clearing my thoughts and clearing my brain. It really is more of a therapeutic resource for me. And by the time I'm done with my run, I feel like I can take on anything that comes my way. It's so empowering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had that feeling this morning. We had unexpected humidity and it was about 10 degrees warmer today than it was mm -hmm. yesterday. And I, I won't tell you the temperature because I'm you'd think it was a, a you know cold <laughs> front and where's the snow, but uh, <laughs> you being in Arizona, but, but, Right. I was just, just drenched in sweat. Just, it was one of those like, ugh. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? This reminds me that I have a body and that I'm alive today. Yes. You know? Yes. And, yes. and, you know, I don't know. There's something about the, the sweat outlining the, the contours of your body. It's like, oh, uh-huh. Yes, I have that. I have a midsection. I have lower legs. Like this whole thing. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of idiotic thinking, but it was what was going through my mind when I was doing some stretches right. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it reminds us that we can do hard things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the temperatures are not always on our side, and especially <laughs> here in Arizona. Yeah. I get up really, really early to run so that I can avoid the heat. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's okay. That makes it even more satisfying when I'm done because I really know that I, I was able to accomplish something that was difficult mm -hmm. and that I showed up for myself 100%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I noticed on your professional website that you write a lot about your thoughts and you've talked about how reflective thinking is one of kind of the, the, um, the stool legs of your uh, weight loss management. Um, so can you talk personally about how you manage your thoughts when it comes to weight management and kind of your changing image of yourself? You bet. Through the years, a lot of times I would uh, feel 
shame or disappointment or discouragement when I would think about my weight. Mm -hmm. And those kinds of emotions never take us to a great place. Mm -hmm. So when I decided to re-engage with this weight loss journey in the beginning of 18, I really did it from a different space. I did it from a place of compassion and curiosity. And when I would have those hard days, those hard days that Tammy mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. I would just kind of meet myself from a place of, hmm, what can I do differently to show up for myself better tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And rather than getting into a downward spiral of feeling defeated, I would just ask myself, how can I support myself better tomorrow? Mm -hmm. What can I do to take one more step forward rather than setting myself back? So every day I do a practice that's called a thought download. It's, it's mm-hmm. a very common practice. It's very similar to journaling. Mm-hmm. And I just allow myself to put my thoughts and feelings onto paper in a notebook. And um, I really get clear about how I want to feel, what's going on in my life, what choices I can make to step forward and really be um, an example to myself mm-hmm. and an example to my children of really showing up 100%. And I just use that space as a a place of um, exploration. And in my writing, I'm able to kind of sort out those thoughts that aren't serving me well versus the thoughts that really do add fuel to my fire and help to take me forward. Mm -hmm. So it's a really good exercise. It doesn't have to be very lengthy. Mm It doesn't have to be really in-depth. Even three to five minutes provides me a huge benefit. Wow. Wow. And do you also uh, do, do any sort of mindfulness practice? Because it sounds like it would be kind of adjacent to that. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I ask myself, um, what's the responsible thing that I can do for myself, even when I don't feel like it. And I use that prompt as a way of taking action and helping myself to step into action rather than inaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I partner that with my writing and then just really allow my, um, my thoughts to help kind of propel me forward rather than take me backwards if I'm feeling challenged or discouraged at all. Hmm. So it's been a really, really good practice for me. And, and I have to ask, since I was asking Tammy about her her weight loss, or sorry, her, her weight training kind of area of her garage that she's done up, do you have a special place to do all this in your house, like, you know, with like a cushion or, you know, a little gong or something. I mean, sometimes it it feels, sometimes I'll just like sit on my couch in my living room and the cats come in and are like, what's, what's mom up to today? And it's just, I don't know. I feel if I could have a little space set aside, it might work better. A she shed. Oh my gosh. I've been using that term with Jack and we're, we're clearing up with a gong in it. And I told him he he wants to get um, a shed to store some garden stuff in. I'm like, but I want a she shed. Let him him get the shed and he'll think that's what he's going to use it for. And then you slowly, you know, bring in your gong and whatnot. It's my little water feature. Uh, So so Samantha, do do you have a she shed or a special space where you, where you do this this work i i wish i could say i had a she shed i do not have a she shed um you know really running has been my go to and of course arizona offers a beautiful landscape for that yeah. um so being outside has been a really great space for me i do some in home weight training with um you know online videos or video series that i i've used for years now But really, I prefer to either be outside or I do have a gym membership that's not far down the road. It's it's not a very 
expensive one. It allows me to come and go as I please and, mm -hmm. and join the classes. And being around people, being around the music, feeling the energy of others seems to fuel me in a really great way as well in um, taking action with my exercise. Mm -hmm. So those are really the two, two spaces where I, I tend to do most of my my workouts. Yeah. And, and do you have um, a space where you do your, um, your, what did you call it? Um, your thought download and your mindfulness. Do you have a special little area set up in your house for that? I do. I have a really fantastic office space. Mm -hmm. When my daughter moved off to college, I took her bedroom Oh, you did over. not. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> so where does she sleep when she comes home from school? That's oh. what I always want to know. We have a guest bedroom downstairs oh. and, and she's so supportive. She's really, really one of my biggest cheerleaders and has been such a fan of this big transformation I've created. Uh -huh. So I, I do have this beautiful office now and I have a really fantastic chair that I chose. It's kind of a, you know, a unique chair that just makes me feel like I'm right at home. Uh -huh. And this is my safe place. My office is my safe place. Uh -huh. But Sarah, I want to offer also for us as moms, a lot of times it's hard for us to find that space where we can be by ourselves and have that quiet yep, moment. Yep. And I make it a point to have a notebook and a pen always in my car. Mm. Because if I need a moment by myself and things are a little chaotic at my house, I can always plan an extra five or 10 minutes when I'm driving around and running those errands mm -hmm. to sit under a shaded tree awesome. and just have some quiet so that I can reconnect with what's important in my life. Yeah, all right. But, but then I have to ask, you're in Arizona. You, don't tell me you leave the engine running for those five or 10 minutes or I absolutely do oh, with the air conditioning oh, on. Come on, please tell me you have an electric vehicle or something. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. One step at I a would, time. Come on. We got to take these right. forward progress steps. Come on. Right. It would really be a, it would really be unsafe for me to sit in that yes. car without the yeah, air I know. conditioning. I love, and I loved you qualifying uh, under a shaded tree. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> it's true it's true i i have to be thoughtful about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we know you're also a big believer in the power of persistence can you talk yes. a bit about what persistence means to you uh, because we know that weight loss and transformation of you know 80 to 100 pounds is not an overnight success so how do you make it work for you that's such a great question. You're right. Persistence and consistency mm -hmm. is really the key. When I was at 205, to think that I would ever get to 130 pounds felt impossible. In fact, um, it, it really felt almost defeating to think of that amount of weight that I needed to lose. And yet I reminded myself that it was one day at a time, one pound at a time and that my progress would be very incremental. I was really thoughtful in just showing up for myself every day. And rather than feeling discouraged, I would use my feelings of insecurity or doubt, and I would turn them into um, opportunity and feelings of determination and commitment. So by really breaking down my goal into bite-sized pieces, mm -hmm. I was able to, I call it stair-stepping. Mm. I was able to stair-step my way between the five-pound mark. And then that turned into a 10-pound mark. And maybe that then transformed into a 12-pound weight loss. And so I really focus in, not only for myself, but also um, my weight loss clients, I really focus in on incremental progress 
and celebrating the consistency. So when we look at it that way, it doesn't feel so overwhelming and it actually feels really achievable. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. And my silence is because I'm writing down the quotes. She's taking notes. Yeah, taking notes. (laughs) I'm drawing up the plans for my she shed. Don't mind me. (laughs) Um, So... So Samantha, as you referenced your clients, put on your weight loss coach hat for a minute and leave us with a few quick hits of advice, please. You bet. You bet. The most important thing is always to take care of yourself. We have a lot of relationships in our lives that matter, but the one that counts most is the relationship that we share with ourselves. And knowing that you matter and that your happiness matters, whether it's through weight loss or whether it's through um, balancing your work life and your personal life, it's really important that we give ourselves the credit where credit is due. Mm. Because more often than not, as women, we go above and beyond those expectations that others have. And we can be hardest on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when we have those days that are challenging and those moments that are defeating, and maybe we slip through Dairy Queen (laughs) rather rather than grabbing, you know, a cup of yogurt, we just need to meet ourselves with um, a lot of love and compassion and support. I truly believe that people do the very best that they're capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And so when we can remember that and be mindful of that, we're going to feel a lot more strength and encouragement to do those things that we want to do in meeting our weight loss goals, Mm -hmm. rather than slipping into a space of defeat and overwhelm and discouragement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much, Samantha. It was great talking with you. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. All right, Maggie, how's that she shed drawing coming along? <laughs> it's looking good. I've got honestly, it all ready. <laughs> honestly, I seriously daydream about it. And it would be just like what Samantha was saying. It would be my safe space. It would be my office, you know, that I would have definitely a little Buddha out there, maybe some water feature. The whole oh, I know. Like my husband is working from home, so he's in my home office. Yeah. And then my treadmill, I stare at the litter box. <laughs> my cat's just looking at me like, can you give me some privacy? And I'm like, well, I'm just trying to get a couple of miles in, Leo. <laughs> I was, yeah, I need a she shed. <laughs> I forgot that we both have a cat named Leo. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? It is so funny. So also, so I, well, and also then, so um, ours is named after Leonardo da Vinci. And um, which sounds so snobby. Should I have said Leonardo DiCaprio? And well, mine is like a cat, right? Leo. Yes, yes. The <laughs> lion. And so I didn't even go that far. <laughs> we, uh, and, his, and his brother's name is Pablo after Pablo Picasso. And so when um, I told a young mom here in town, a friend of mine, that she loves cats and she had loved our previous cat, Miller. And when I told her the cat names and I was so proud of them, she's like, Oh, Leo. Oh my gosh. Like every other, you know, baby boy these days is named Leo, Sarah. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) well, every golden retriever is named Maggie. So, you know, we all have issues that we deal with. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, as you listen to this, if you're listening to it, when it comes out, these are the final few days. This is the final weekend to sign up for the love the run you're with junior I mentioned it last week on the podcast. It is a um, spinoff of our Love the Run You're With series for um, adults, um, senior, if you will. And so junior, it's for um, it's a six-week program for kids. 
and it is super fun. Dimity really showcases her genius creativity in it by developing the program, and it's keeping your kids moving every single day in fun ways. They won't even know they're exercising, and then at the end of the six weeks, um, your child can choose to do a 1K, a 3K, or 5K virtual race. They get a metal bib and the program that's $15.99 or with a limited edition t-shirt, it's $34.99 and um, kicks off on June 15th. I mean, certainly you can jump in whenever and we're kind of seeing it, you know, there's no, like there's no summer camps this summer in the majority of the U.S. So figure this is something to give your um, uh, six weeks of summer a little structure so to register for that, go to trainlikeamother.club and click on the little hamburger up in the top left um, and look for virtual races. And it's right there. Again, that's trainlikeamother.club. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Happy miles.